Thank you guys for using those pop filters. Does it sound better? Sound better. You just I, your I can, peas are not popping anymore. Your, your plosives are just more protected. <laughs> no, no more bareback plosives on this pod. <laughs> no more raw dog in these microphones. <laughs> what did I just miss? <laughs> nothing, man. Nothing. Was this the porn hub of microphone talk? <laughs> And welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Bernine, and uh, let's see. Um, we're happy to be back on uh, doing the the Zoom 551. Uh, we've got Mark Fangmeyer. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? Uh, you know, I'm I've, I'm surviving in the the bunker of my basement. Corey Shreppel, uh, you sir, it's good to see you. Are you drinking Likewise. anything special? Uh, I am drinking the Tin Whiskers Apricot Wheat, and it's delicious. Okay, it's that's like right next to your place. So. It's in it's in my basement. Yep, technically uh, it's on the first floor. And uh, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria, it's uh, great to see you, sir. Uh, do you have anything to report to us? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, excellent report. I, I've been watching. Just NWSL soccer. That's pretty much what I've been. Doing. This, this is my first week back from my vacation. Yeah. Vacation. So. How did the vacation go? Was it was it somewhat relaxing? Yeah, I mean, like literally, you know, having to check email for two weeks. I think that's probably like the most stress relief thing I ever had to do in my, my life. And so that was that was good. And then um, I started coaching again. So social distancing coaching is a thing. So so just having to do some things and. Um, you know, high school soccer is beginning to start practicing again, and who knows? Maybe both of my kids will be playing at the yeah. same team, same team. So that's that's always exciting. But you know, I spent it most of the time just being with family, taking the dogs out for walks. I walk by Wes's house like every day, I think, with my dogs. And I thought about taking a picture of myself, a selfie of the, of the front house with the dogs, but then I just I just got too lazy about it. So you, so just, you just had the dogs. You, you could just say hi. I'm I'm home usually. I didn't know if you were home and like I have two dogs at the same time. So like I'm walking, no, cause my route is, you know, I go down Chatsworth, Charles and then go Charles all the way to the school, Galtier. Then I just hook back, hook a ride and then go down Thomas. Cause that's yeah. a, you know, it's one and a half mile. Tell, tell them my address. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where your address is. <laughs> I have no idea. Where, I, I don't know your place by address. I just know my place by what it looks like. That's it. Um, well, we have uh, we've got basically um, a little bit of uh, there was some news. One of the teams won one of the European leagues this week. We'll talk about that. Um, we will talk about NWSL. Talk about Minnesota United. Last segment, we'll come back and we'll talk a lot about the Minnesota United Academy being folded. Um, and uh, but um, I want to start us off uh, with this, Corey. You can help explain this. Um, there was a thread by a, a, a certain person on Twitter called caddies underscore WMC. Uh, Corey, ex explain this to us. Uh, basically, it's a, a thread of the current Premier League managers rated as your stepdad. So it was a rating of 1 to 10, goes through every manager. Uh, it was 
like the pros and cons minutes, of, of a pros and cons yeah. of each one with a with a numerical rating. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorite was, which is always just like middle of the road, like milk toast. Uh, Bournemouth's Eddie Howe uh, pros. He wouldn't have the bollocks to shout at you and has a decent chat. Uh, he's uh, fair with share, sharing the television. His cons are that he's passive aggressive and asks your ma to ask you to do stuff for him, likely to try too hard, and he insists that everyone sits together to eat dinner. Um, this thread is is pretty genius. Uh, I, I retweeted it in case anyone wants to go track it down. Um, I think my, well, there's, there's a lot to go with, but um, one of my favorites was just Jose Mourinho, which is cons blames anything that goes wrong in the house on someone else. If he farts, he blames it on the dog pros smashes the big occasions, elite tier banter at weddings, family dues, etc. has everyone in stitches, makes you feel at ease. Decent dancer too. six out of 10. Uh, there's a couple of these coaches. I was like, I didn't even know they they exist. Um, uh, so I'm I'm curious uh, who, who's uh, who's your everyone's um, best stepdad of MLS coaches and and worst stepdad. Uh, I'll, I'll go to you, Mark, first. Um, uh, my best is going to be um, Oscar Perea. Ooh, um, basically, I mean, he's a pretty cool guy and he's a great cook. And on the weekends, he busts out his mom's uh, amazing empanada recipes, and they're awesome. Okay. Um, the con is that um, my mom is actually pretty awful at long-term relationships. I think this is like her, my fifth stepdad in six years. <laughs> so um, when this relationship inevitably goes bad, and it will go bad, um, I get super protective of my mom, and I do some really stupid shit. Like, I think I'm probably going to dox him or something. So... <laughs> This guy really that's Oscar, that's Oscar Perea. Who's the bad? You're going to track his Delta trips. Uh, actually, it's not really bad. It's more just mediocre. It's uh, Jop Stom from uh, Cincinnati. Oh, I'd be a great stepdad. Uh, he's a really nice dude. Yeah. Um, and even when he gets mad, he doesn't really yell. He's just very soft spoken. It's mostly yeah. like you just, you can understand his disappointment in you and you don't really get angry about it. You're just oh. like, yeah, I let you down. See, there's so many coaches um, when I went through the list, I, I just didn't even, I was like, I don't even know if I have a sense of who they are. I can look at a picture and think, but. Yeah. But the con is that like, he'd been married before and like his past wives are like way more attractive than my mom. Oh yeah. And it feels like he really settled, like really <laughs> settled. Um, and, uh, and he look. and the thing is he looks like every other goddamn middle-aged bald guy to the point where like one time I was following around the mall and I just started following around a different guy for 35 minutes because I couldn't tell who the hell I coded. He was, <laughs> but seven out of 10, he's a nice dude. <laughs> uh, Corey, uh, Brian Schmetzer is, uh, going to be the best stepdad. Uh, it's like, he seems like he'll take you to rock shows. He's got like a killer vinyl collection, probably like a $20,000 hi-fi rig in his basement that you can see on special occasions. Yeah. Uh, he thinks IPAs are overrated and undrinkable. Yeah. Uh, he's more of a lager guy. Uh, the con with him though, is that he forgets that you're his girlfriend's kid. Oh, so like he's, he's like, you know, he won't discipline you. Yeah, yeah. Because he's like, I, he's like, he's your best friend. I think you have a different sense of Schmetzer than I do. Because my that my Schmetzer, I I was considering Schmetzer as one of my goods. And I just thought like one of his cons is that he'll make you go to church every week. Mm. And that guy might have a vinyl collection, but it is all like reissues of rumors and shit like that. 
Well, it's, it's funny when I was writing up this list, one of my notes that I <laughs> crossed out was he has eight different versions of every Beatles record because they were re-released <laughs> on different weights. Of <laughs> That's good. Uh, uh, my worst is Frank DeBoer. It's oh. mom's friend from when she studied abroad in college. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, he gets pissed if you use the wrong uh, kind of starch on his shirts. Uh, and he just wants you to give him six months and then you'll understand his, uh, how to, how to interact with him. <laughs> Rodrigo, do you have uh, something for us? I, I struggle with this. So I came up with like two different things and we're doing worst first or, or best. What, whatever first. you follow your heart. All right. My heart goes with the worst first and that would have to be, uh, the current, uh, galaxy coach. So Guillermo Barros Esceloto. Just because, um, I don't know, like every time I look at him, I feel like, like I, I'm going to be mad all times. <laughs> Just don't, you know, and like he has to fix a problem with the galaxy have. And I don't know if he's capable, though, though he's, you know, he's played in the MLS, right? He's got some stuff, but he doesn't have like. Plus, I just couldn't deal with the Vosotros thing, the Argentinian vosotros and all the other stuff i just be like you know what i can't handle that you know i just i just go mad i probably rebel and you know and you know he is he is older than me so then technically he could be my dad my stepdad right but overall like i just i just i would have looked and just judge him by his career and be like you know what no he's like i'm not i'm not having a deal with you even though he played with boca juniors but that's one of my teams but everything else has just never been it's just been below par for me I mean, he played against Chivas USA. That was one of his debut games, and he they were only his team was only able to tie one one back in that day. So I'm like, ah, Chivas USA is such a joke nowadays. I mean, ah. so my favorite, and yeah. it should come to no surprise, is uh, Luchi Gonzalez, right? Mm-hmm. And the great. reason for Luchi Gonzalez is because um, he. Uh, in 2003, joined the Peruvian Sporting Cristal, which is my favorite club. He actually played in a Copa Libertadores tournament, right? He played against Boca Juniors as well. He was um, born in the United States to a Peruvian father and an American mother. So there's already some really like, you know, closeness and some things that we can bond over together. Uh, plus, he is the current head coach of the FC Dallas, and he got that for earning promotion to the academy, which is to, seems to be a theme in this podcast because apparently uh, Dallas knows how to do things right with their academy, and I'm and I and I think the yeah. the we'll get the there. only bad thing <laughs> is that I would probably know more Peruvian idiomisms and and swear words than he wouldn't, and I'm actually older than him, so this would be one of those relationships where like you like. When he come up to me and be like, respect your elders, I'd be like, I'm right here. <laughs> um, uh, I will, I'll, I'll share mine. I, I put together like a long list. I, I wanted to do the entire thing. One of my good nominees is Ben Olsen because the dude has like real Gilmore Girls feel to him. And, um, and you'll be like out the door on the way to a date and, he, and he'd be like, hey, 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 you should wear this instead. And he'll give you like a really cool scarf or something or like a jacket or something that'll make you look a lot cooler um the bads i think there's a lot more bads uh, nominees out there 
Mark Dos Santos, uh, because he would buy try to buy drugs from you. Um, Adrian Heath would talk openly about how they'll finally take nice vacations when they don't have other responsibilities and like gesture toward you um, when you go to college or something like that. Uh, Bob Bradley would have your entire family on a regimented like workout schedule. Um, and imagine having Michael Bradley as as your uh, stepbrother. That, I mean, there's no living up to that. No so, way. So um, those were my uh, those were my nominees. Adrian, he thinks that if he, if he just has one or two more kids with your mom, that all the <laughs> problems will go away. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. Uh, international uh, roundup. We've got the Bundesliga wrapped. Uh, ended pretty um, quietly. I ended up uh, not opening up the bar for it because we had other things going on. And I was like, is the 830 when it's all decided that big of a priority? Um, uh, anyone, Corey, do you have any actual thoughts on this? Yeah, the only thing that's going to be interesting is like what some of the U.S. kids, I mean, uh Reina at, at, at Dortmund is going to be. It's going to be interesting to see what his development's like next year. But um, Josh Sargent is in a relegation playoff. I, th- I think it's still a playoff. Um, uh, what's that going to do if he gets relegated? Is he going to move? What's that going to be for his be like for his development um, for the U.S. team? But um, that's really all I got for that. I mean, it's it, the whole thing just kind of wrapped up and fizzled out. Yeah. Um, that um, they're going to be playing um, Heidenheim, who um, snuck into the Bundesliga 2 promotion spot. Uh, they lost, and then uh, Hamburg, who are FC St. Pauli's uh, or rivals, Hamburg just had to draw the game, and then Hamburg lost 5-1. to one. So Heidenheim got that. They, they lost their way into that uh, um, playoff spot, and then um, I don't see when the fixture is for that so I'll, I'll maybe I'll, I'll track that down um, but what's going to happen with Davies is he sticking around I, I, that's a good question and that's one of the things I was wondering too is like he's had such a, a good season and he's uh, he's instrumental in that um, in that position he plays and so like we are we're all used to him being in the midfield and dribbling through four of our defenders and then Scoring magical goals you only see on FIFA video games, um, but he's he's grown a lot, and so like I don't know how much longer you can contain him without starting to hear major offers from the EPL and other places. So. I think you're gonna. I think he needs to get one one full season in as a as a bona fide starter because he was kind of in and out of the of the starting uh, lineup, but yeah, starting yeah, eleven he was, but which some is okay. of those games were like. Yeah, like they were playing, you know, tenth place team and like yeah. that. I guess yeah. So I, I think it's going to be good for his development. Development to get. I mean, who knows? He could be a he could be a January transfer window thing. Like, who knows what 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 at least Europe is going to be like coming out of COVID in in the winter if there's a treatment or a vaccine because they're ahead of they're ahead of us. So I don't know what that's going to look like if teams are going to be biting, um, uh, kind of chomping at the bit to to sign more players in January. Or if it's just going to be let him sit and let his stock rise, and um, hopefully he stays healthy, and then they I'm, sell him for a massive. I mean, he's playing fee. at Bayern Munich. It's that yeah. like starting for Bayern yeah. Munich is like, what are you going to go play for Chelsea and be finished fifth in the? Uh, <laughs> yeah, in the EPL. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, he's, I, he's got he's got he's got two he's got uh he's won the league twice already. Yeah, 
Stay Here's there. my thing, though. He's right now. He's playing, uh, you know, fullback. Which, yeah. if you're looking he's like at a wing, tra- he's like a wing back kind of thing. But so, if you're looking at like what you're going to get for transfer fees, if he's like a actual like attacking midfielder, he's going to get way more for a transfer fee than he would be in a defensive like midfield, not a defensive midfielder, but like a wing back or a left back or whatever. And so, I, I mean, if he has a chance to like move up and get into like the midfield proper and actually be like you know some sort of attacking mid or holding midfielder, I could see him doing that for a year just to like kind of up his stock a bit before he sold. Yeah, but yeah. do you see that happening in, in, in Bayern? No, I don't see it. No, you know, neither I think, do I. I the, the way that his mid, their midfield is, is in, I don't think they're going to change that at all. I think he's playing, I think he's playing left back because of where he's at, what, what he can do. I mean, we all saw that amazing run that, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody called them, uh, what did they call them? Um, um, Roadrunner, right? Road runner. The Roadrunner yeah, comment, right. Yep, when he just totally took off and stopped the ball and was able to recover, do the recovery run and stop the shot on goal. I was like, you know, he's he's got speed. He's got he's you know, he's that position is not a bad position for him, but I don't think I think if he goes to another team, that's where he gets the opportunity to play in the midfield more. I don't um, think that's gonna happen to where he's at. Corey, uh, Liverpool won, so congratulations. They won the league finally. It was a huge surprise to everyone. Um, how do you feel? I feel great. I mean, it's it was, uh, you know, it was, it it feels, I mean, I, you know, you know this and you hate this, that, you know, I'm a Red Sox fan, and it also feels like when the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004. So, yeah, that shitty, uh, huh? Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you know how the rest of the world just hates you, then, huh? Oh, you know, as <laughs> did um, did Jimmy Fallon run out uh, and onto Anfield's uh, pitch and just, just make out with Drew Barrymore? Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> oh my god! Oh, uh, you know what? It's actually if if they did a Liverpool COVID documentary, calling it Fever Pitch would actually make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that actually that would be that would be genius. Um, yeah. They might get sued, uh, uh, the, but the but you know Christian Pulisic scoring that that wonder goal, uh, I, you know to to at least start the scoring for Chelsea to to win the league for Liverpool was massive. He just he took over, uh, intercepted the ball at midfield, and then just took on two two players, and then went down and who was the, who was the city Edison. the city defender who he just I don't even embarrassed. know um shit I'm just blanking I mean he. He beat it doesn't him. matter. He doesn't have a name anymore. Anyway, he beat him twice. Yeah, he just he got his body is now in the unmarked graves, <laughs> like the this just like being used for uh, scientific science experiments or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it was it was fantastic. Um, the the way he just destroyed that guy twice. But um, yeah, I guess uh, the 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 biggest question I have for you then is. Uh, um, Will it happen again next year? Is there any reason to to think that they won't be? I I think I think if anybody's going to give them a run, I think Chelsea's going to be a dark horse to give them a run. Uh, looking at their signings, but I think that they could absolutely do it again. They have the they've got a squad that's hungry after winning that Champions League final last year and going on that run, like. I think they they're hungry for it. I think they have the 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 foundation and the structure in the team and the squad and and the Jurgen Klopp. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, just like they got the Klopp. They got the Klopp. <laughs> hey man, 
This is yeah, one we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of the fever pitch, um, so Stephen Nelson going going back to, uh, to to the lower division. Stephen Nelson asks, "What odds do you give Leeds to win promotion this year?" Um, Leeds are didn't they win it? Yeah, I think they already won it. Um, they have uh, yeah because they've got yeah, Le- uh, Leeds and West Brom. Yeah, so I give them a hundred percent odds. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go on that one too. Uh, but the 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 fun part two about one, two that is the um uh the the playoffs they're not fully set yet but you've got Brentford Fulham Nottingham Forest and Cardiff City um Brentford are a tiny club um Nottingham Forest haven't been back up in in the premier or in in the top division in ages so those are my two my two uh I would love to see some somebody like Brentford just get a one one nil win and then just keep going and get promoted. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that uh, it's, it's, it's right. Um, Brentford are owned by um, the same guy who owns, I think it's Michelin and they're like, uh, they're the story. Uh, you can look up stories of them and like their owner and how obsessed they are with stats and, um, and they make all their signings and do a lot of their trainings based on like, optometrics and things like that. Um, So they're kind of a fun story if you want to go check them out. Um, Other random stories is that uh, congratulations to the friend of our podcast, twice a guest and lifelong Coventry fan, Steve Lilly on Coventry getting promoted to the championship after winning league one. Um, We we've had him on the podcast and every time I I ask him to talk about Coventry um, because uh, they, they famously, uh, for I don't know, like seventy-five years. I think it was like twenty or thirty years. Never, f- never finished above or in the playoff spots. Um, and so they they always just kind of they got relegated twice, but they always just fi- finished middle of the road. And then finally, uh, two years ago, they got promoted to League One, and uh, now they're up at uh, Championship. I think I got that story right. I'm I'm messing it up slightly, but anyway, congratulations, Steve. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we will talk some NWSL. <laughs> Did you see the the, the thing? The uh, some Everton player uh, uh, is leaving the team after like eleven years, and they were having a press conference, and so some uh, some journalist asked him about the player, and he's like, "Who?" Oh, and then he tr- then he turned to like the PR person. Was like, "Who's it?" He's like, "I'm I'm sorry, I do not know this person." And the guy that that left the team retweeted it. <laughs> oh, I didn't see this. <laughs> so good. All right, we're back on the fifty five one podcast, and uh, um, Rodrigo, you tell me when you get that that story. You've got a Russian story that you want to share, uh, but NWSL. Uh, We'll start. We'll we'll start before the games. We'll start with the the extracurriculars. There were um, uh, the Black Lives Matter tributes that that they're doing with the shirts. Um, almost all of the players kneeling during the the national anthem, and then they tried to figure out what to do with the national anthem, and then came back today or yesterday and, and said that players were allowed to stay in the locker room for it. It's been crazy. And when the first game happened. And the anthem was played by a saxophone. Um, 
I was I was in the bar and I was just like, they just they have to do Careless Whisper at the end of this. And I can't believe they just didn't replace the national anthem with it because that would end the entire controversy. But if they just got Kenny G to do just something, I don't sexy. even know, just something, just a soprano sax before every soccer match. I, I just didn't get what I. Why? Where was Kenny G? Like, they, did they try to reach out to him? Like, did he just not? Was he recording with Snoop? Was he just like too busy? Or like, Kenny or, he, or, or or is he still trapped in Kim Kardashian's living room, surrounded by roses from Valentine's Day from like three years ago? <laughs> right. Or like somehow, you know, Utah, you the Utah, the the Utah. I don't. Know, Utah just doesn't like Kenny G. And I, just I don't think NWSL has like, Kenny G that. money. I think that. Um, Kenny, Kenny G, G money. Has Kenny G money. <laughs> no, NWSL has like E Street Band uh, cover band uh, money, and then like Kenny NBA is going to have Kenny G do the, the do the national anthem. That's going to be my next fantasy football team name, Kenny G money. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this guy, this this guy, this guy was that was doing the saxophone, like literally looked like. Like I think the the Cooligans were saying it looked like Steven Seagal, and I was like, it looks like Triple H, and I was like, regardless, like <laughs> I was honestly, like, I was like, wow, what is this guy doing at the end? Like the whole little flare he did. Oh yeah, it was killer. Three, I was like, honestly, wow. I would I was be like, surprised. Do I hate this or do I not hate this? I wouldn't be surprised if he was a uh, military band guy. Mm. Totally wouldn't be surprised if he was a some military band. Like that's his job is to play saxophone in the military band. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I don't. I don't know. We don't have to belabor the 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 tributes and everything and and that that controversy. Controversy. I'd rather talk about the soccer. But do you have any anyone want to make any comments or, or thoughts about the Julie Ertz Casey Short thing was incredibly powerful um, and. You know, standing, not standing in terms of what their teammates are doing is you could debate it all day long, but um, it was that that just exemplifies their um, the struggle that everybody's dealing with right now. Um, and it was really nice to see it broadcast um, on CBS. It was it was just I, I thought it was really, really nice. I think I think it showed the emotional labor that comes into making those decisions and having all those discussions with your teammates about hard conversations that need to be had. And so like, and I think to be honest for, uh, for short and, um, and, and Julie, it really affected, I think they had some sort of effect on their gameplay because this was not the Chicago red stars that I expected to come out and yeah. play. So, um, so in, in the games, uh, the, the first game was the, the big, uh, Sanchez Chavarria a Burdine uh, uh, Derby with um, North Carolina it Courage. A, it was a 31 questions pod yeah. and the Sanchez, Sanchez, Sanchez Chavarria versus the Burdine yeah. and Blackheart. Uh, yeah, uh, so North Carolina Courage came out on top two to one against the Portland Thorns. Um, uh, North Carolina are just amazing. Um, they didn't, I mean, basically they have their entire squad. Um, Dabinia is a is god. And um, they just looked amazing. They they gave up a, a stupid goal with um, bad goalkeeping, but uh, but I, I don't know. I, I just it's hard for me to imagine them not winning everything. I don't know. I, I think um, as as Eric Silverman put together, Lavelle FC will give anyone a run for their money at this point. <laughs> yep. Um, 
and and that was the the second game was you know the game we talked about um with the um moment between Ertz and Shorts with uh in short um with the Spirit Washington Spirit winning 2-1 over the Red Stars um Rose Lavelle is is kind of impossible not to love um but what what did what about that game did you she, like? I mean there was nothing incredibly memorable about it I think you know it was um everybody looks like they're still getting up to speed it still looks like a little bit like a preseason week but uh yeah Rose Lavelle was just unstoppable I mean she got two two goals I think and uh no, one. no, no one. she got one but yeah she got that she got that she poacher. kind of assisted herself on it too yeah yeah she it, got it, that, that that was that, the that greatest po- thing that though. poacher's goal it was from herself but it was she was just destroying the midfield um she was just making people left and right and just causing so much havoc and as long as she's healthy and if they can if they can keep her healthy and manage her minutes because she's not going to want her minutes minutes managed um yeah she was just on she was just unstoppable she was so good yeah, I mean, she made it to the, I think, 60 or 65th minute, and they took her out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good manager. But, I mean, you, you think Ertz, and you think midfield, and you think something that's going to be able to slow down. And Rose just dribbled wherever she wanted to in that speed, and she just was able to have, as long as she had two outlets on the wings, that's all she needed. And that first goal was just one, you know, a through ball. Ricochets off the goalpost, and then she just keeps on running and you just blast right in like courage like they have a full squad like nobody 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 decided to opt out and when it comes to portland at least so far um you know they they've had a lot of changes they don't have a tupin heath yeah but the one thing that i was looking towards was to seeing if they were able to slow down the transition because last year they weren't able to do any of that and for a while from the beginning of that game the courage you know they have the same game plan, and what should it change, right? They got them two championships, right? But from the game, from the get go, like they were, they were playing that high press specifically on the defense, and um, it took it took Portland a while to get used to it. But they were actually being successful on making runs and making creations. They were just throughout these bunch of games, these first couple of games have happened. There's been a lot of keeper errors that I've. I've noticed that I'm like, it's all like people getting the rust up, but some really like really bad keeper errors. And so like, it's one of those things where like, you need to think about that. But I think the thorn have um, with Weaver, I think they have a, have a good chance to, uh, to, to figure out some of these things. And I, I, I'd like to see them to see what happens at the end of this tournament. Like when we get to the group, past the group stage and see what happens. But I think overall, like, you know, um, Lavelle FC is, is 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 on fire. I mean, and then there's a Houston game too that was earlier today. That was that was a fun, fun, fun game to yeah. watch. Tell me, tell me what I missed there. I didn't get to watch any of it. Yeah, Corey, no, did you watch it? Oh no, Mark, you watched I, yeah, it. Yeah, right? I watched it. Yeah, was, go ahead, Mark. I, I missed it. It was awesome. Like, um, I mean, from the beginning, it looked like Utah just kind of had it all kind of in control. There, they they dominated the better part of the first half. Uh, I mean, except for like in like 12th minute, they kind of lost a little, like didn't follow defense, like their defense on a set piece wasn't great and they should have given up a goal, but didn't. Uh, but prior to other than that, like they dominated play. Um, then they came out from like the water break in like the 30th plus minute and scored a goal and it looked like they were just going to roll. And then all of a sudden like Houston came out 
And like in stoppage time in the first half, um, Rachel Daly uh, came and scored a goal. And then like almost right away coming out again uh, later on, uh, scored another goal. And all of a sudden uh, they're just, Houston's rolling up to one. And then Houston, <laughs> Daly looks like she has her hat trick, but it gets called back because, and Rodrigo, you actually saw an explanation for why, but I thought it should have been a goal. Like, so basically what happened was the goalkeeper came out and it was very like around the 18 yard box, right on the edge of it and was going to, you know, kick a goal. Uh, they just, you know, punted and bounced the ball first, which I thought meant that the ball is like in play. If the goalkeeper puts the ball on the turf um, and then kicks it. And so she was like just kind of a sniper and just came up and like blocked the kick and then brought it in for a goal. But like apparently, Rodrigo, you said there was some explanation from MLS refs that why it shouldn't have been a goal. So like the brief explanation of why Daly's would-be third goal was disallowed is a goalkeeper is considered to still be in the process of releasing the ball on this sort of drop kick until the ball is kicked. So when you drop kick the ball, while the ball is bouncing, that's still considered the motion of kicking. So you can't interrupt that. Once that once the once the keeper has kicked the ball, it's left this left their foot. Then is uh but but it's obvious that um Daly was trying to interfere before the kick happened. And so that is the that is the the ruling. So like so it's it's the question of the release, right? That that, that as um that Daly already closed down the space and is blocking the ball as it's trying to be released, which is when it's bouncing and trying to kick it. That is the the subjective decision. That that is, uh, you know, had there been a VAR, um, you know, I think more than likely they would have left the no goal stand. But you you don't know VAR. There's no VAR in this in this tournament. So so that's that's the that's the interesting. Game. And there's been uh, like refereeing in these first couple of games is has been, I don't want to say suspect, but they've let them play a lot. And there's been a lot of fouls that have been missed. And, um, uh, but it's been one of those, one of those, but that's the explanation that I've read. Mm. And that's what seems to be the decision on that matter. Yeah, it makes sense. And then, I mean, later on, like, and then eventually, like, I mean, 10 minutes later, Houston scored a goal anyway. So they're up 3-1. And then, like, Utah just comes railing back and like the last 10 minutes of play scored two goals in the 80th, like 80th minute on and then tied up and salvage a point. And it was, was, yeah, it was fantastic. Like six goals is, it was a great match to watch. Oh, but the second goal, the second goal from, from Utah was the free kick from like outside of the 18. Oh, just like barely bent around the. So what happened is like, I've I've been speaking, we've had like, you know, we had the, the, uh, also like, Keeper, like when Daly intercepted that, that's not you know a safe play, right? That's not a smart play. And so in this in this situation, the goalie and I don't I'm not a goalie, but if I was creating a wall, I would make sure that it would be lined up with my second post, so I don't have to worry about someone having to kick directly into that post. So I don't know if it was a miscommunication between the goalkeeper and the players and the, and the setup of the wall, but literally there was like a four foot gap between the last player and the, and, and the far post. So all the, all the, all the kicker had to do was just literally put her in between that hole. And that's what ended up happening. So, um, so that was an amazing goal. And then the third goal was actually 
uh, oh Jesus, what's the player who just recently had come in? Literally had just come in for that set piece, and they oh, it was um, the, goal, oh, the header. Yeah, well, oh, I, yeah, no, because she just came out for daily. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she scored the tie, and that was yeah. that. That was it. That was that was it. That was a three-three, and then like literally, like it was exciting soccer. It was literally like watching like the first, not like watching El, El Tráfico and MLS in a sense. Like these two teams were just going back and forth every time, and it was it was a really good game to watch. Um, Amy Rodriguez was making some 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 great runs and i'm an amy rodriguez fan i was happy to see amy out in the field and doing things but it's 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 looking really interesting it's really like i'm finally feeling excited about watching things and um and watching soccer and specifically at this level now i have you know questions with the fields and regarding everything else but so far the the quality at least the first two games has been a little bit like type bundesliga first couple games but there are some teams out there right now that are far ahead as in teamwork and technicality than others are. And um, I think the Red Stars are one of those teams that are still trying to figure out where are they going to replace the Sam, the, the Sam Kerr goals that they had last year and where their offense is going to come from. And um, so that's a team that's in, in, in disarray for a moment. But I also think that, you know, um, there are teams that are surprising you, like the Houston, Houston Dash is surprising. Um, you know, um, Lavelle FC is surprising right now for the struggle that they had to do. So it's 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 going to be an interesting tournament for sure. Well, it's um, yeah, and one th- and actually speaking too about like the refs, I was actually been really happy that they've left like play be a little bit choppy, just because the group stages um, are each team is playing four games instead of three, so it's a longer group stage. And they do have the yellow card carryover accumulation. So if you get two yellow cards, you're suspended for the next match. So I appreciate that with people coming back and being a little bit, you know, rusty, that they haven't been too heavy-handed with the cards and with like, you know, just kind of instead just choosing to let people play just so they can get some of that rust off and that like people aren't getting suspended and whatnot, going into like a four-match group play that they're doing right now. Yeah. So um the um game's coming up, it's probably too late for um to talk about on this podcast, but uh, Wednesday at the bar, we're opening up at 1130. Uh, David Zeller will be your, uh, your bartender there for uh, thorns and red stars. Um, this weekend, um, 1130, you've got Utah on Saturday, U- Utah versus sky blue. And then um, uh, on Sunday, the courage uh, play the red stars. Uh, those, the 1130 games, uh, is going to be buying, uh, it's going to be buy one, get one, uh, for the first five people who are watching those, who come in to watch those games. So thank you, pensomes.com. Um, I, uh, let's, let's, um, uh, maybe go on to MLS here and the MLS is back, uh, action. Um, uh, seat P twins says percent chance. The MLS is back. Tournament actually happens at this point. Is it just happening? Is there nothing can stop it? Oh, it's happening. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. think like if you look at the um, NWSL, really the challenge is in the lead up. Like, I feel like once you get everyone somewhere and they're all following the same rules and like you're, if you're suddenly getting ready for a tournament, you're not going to be going out to bars. And as Orlando pride have proven, that's kind of the tricky part. And so 
I think once you get everybody in and they're healthy and then, I mean, everyone's getting tested before they go into the compound, into the bubble, if you will. So yeah. once you get people in, I feel like you're in a better bet. You're, I'm going to say at least 93%. Yeah. Well, like Chris, Chris Muller from Orlando uh, said, I feel safer in the, in the MLS bubble than I do at home. I mean, granted, he lives in Florida, so it's I like... I wouldn't feel safe in Florida, so that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's not saying a whole the, lot. The funny thing about the... About, uh, the uh, Orlando Pride, like Allie Krieger was like, I, I tested positive and then she got tested again and it was negative. And then it came back that she was actually negative. So how many of those Orlando tests were false positives? And that's why they abandoned the tournament. Like, right, but the, the thing too is about that was that, you know, it was the, it's still the, I think Julie Foudy pointed that out, it's still the irresponsibility of those players of going out and, and right. putting everybody at harm. And I 100%. think the thing too is like, here's the one thing, and and um, and I was talking to Eric about this. It's like, it's like, out of that group of of players in there, we're talking about Sidney Larue, Marta, and Ashlyn and Ali. If you were those six players, and you had to face one of them and have get you know yelled at by one of them, who would you choose? <laughs> and I would totally choose not choose any of them. I'd be like, you know what? I just you know what? I'll just not be in that room whatsoever because those are all extremely tough situations to be in. I mean, like if Marta came up to me, I start crying. Yeah. I'm, I, I would literally stop down to the floor and be like, you know what? You're right. I'm trash. I don't deserve to live. Just uh, hand me my paycheck. I go back and, 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 and kick the ball at a, at a public park and, and think of all the what ifs I could have done to play with a great person like you, you know? And then you think of like Ashlyn Harris and Allie and they're like power couple. And then, you know, they try to build you up and tear you up. But the thing too is me, like if I am a veteran on this team, I'd be like mad, not only because they did this, but also mad at myself because I'm a veteran and I'm a leader and I'm supposed to help out the young players. And apparently there was major dis miscommunication in this. And so there's major disappointment in that. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I would take um, all of the others yelling at me together rather than Marta. <laughs> I, I mean, Marta, Marta would just basically have uh, a, a big, like, scimitar and, like, just lop my head off. And I, but I, she, would also t she would also take your paycheck, go invest it for you, and then, and then once you've learned your mistake after another, like, 20 years, you've had, like, a, like, like there's all of a sudden, like, a 25% return on investment. She's like, there you go. That's, that's what you learned. Give me your paycheck. Give me your money. I don't sure know why. I'm taking it off my head. No, yeah, exactly. Sure. Just, just and then taking right. your paycheck. Right. She would have she would have gotten the power of attorney somehow to be able to make those kind of decisions over you. And then take your head out. She gets you to sign the paperwork right before right. she capitates. She doesn't even have to say anything. She has to look at you and then yeah. just hands you a quill and you sign it in blood and then she cuts you. Back to uh MLS COVID at least. Uh Dan J also <laughs> asked, what would you pay for that uh to go box lunch? Uh Omar Gonzalez. Uh, posted several of the players uh, in MLS posted these kind of shitty sandwiches and then other people have now kind of come journalists have been like uh, this is just the first lunch while they're getting there in quarantine every other meal is going to be like good meals or whatever um, although but, I do love that Omar Gonzalez also tweeted out the menu that had the prices yeah, and it was a $65 shitty sandwich yeah yeah yeah. But granted, also, I mean, in all fairness, in this picture, he did not include the bag of chips. 
Yeah. So you don't know what bag of chips it was. Like it may have been a really, really good bag of chips. It's caviar chips. Yeah. <laughs> it just they were like, no, we're 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 gonna splurge on some nice I mean black, I mean black would, truffle chips with yeah. <laughs> you would you would pay I mean it is Disney, so like those prices are about right. Yeah. But it, I mean, you know, I mean seven bucks is what about this seems about right for that the whole thing. But I mean, it's, it's like, like a, it's like a mediocre airline. Uh, it's like yeah, it's meal. like there's not even. I mean, there's there's. It doesn't even look like there's mayo or a or aioli, which is just fancy mayo on a sandwich. Yeah. I also love that like the uh, whole fresh fruit of the day that sounded very fancy was just a really crappy banana. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what is the situation for uh, for who's tested positive and how many and and what what's going on? I mean, as of as of. Uh, Monday, I think we're actually going to get an update on Wednesday. I think they said every other day, every two days or something like that is what they're going to, um, their policy is going to be in terms of um, giving uh, total test numbers and positives. Um, 18 players, six staff tested positive since full team training. So that's like beginning of June before arriving in Orlando, 668 total league tests. Uh, since arriving in Orlando as of Tuesday, um, two positive out of 329 tested. And I would imagine those people are in isolation uh, until whether they do a, a secondary test and see if it was a false positive. But, um, you know, I mean, that's that's less than 10%. Uh, I still don't think it's great, but, you know, they have the policies in place and they're testing everybody else. So. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, I'll, I'll move on to, I don't know if anyone has any other observations about, about the uh, tournament coming up yet. We, we talked about it, all the groups last week. Um, no, the only thing that I was, I was curious, cause I was looking to it. Cause I was like, it actually came about because I was um, listening to commentators talk about yellow card accumulation uh, for the NWSL uh, mm-hmm. Challenge Cup. And I was like, oh, I wonder like what that policy is going to be for MLS Cup or for the MLS is back, whatever. Because I was curious because I, like, I was just thinking, it's like if we follow like the typical, you know, like World Cup style group play rules where, you know, you get two yellow cards in group play. You're suspended for the next match, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, I was like, oh man, we're so screwed because we didn't invest anything in any of our fullbacks for depth. And Chase Gasper is going to be very rusty. And he already loved getting yellow cards last year when he oh, wasn't yeah. rusty. And I was like, we're going to be screwed. But like, it actually turns out that um, since the, um, the group play counts as regular season matches oh. for... Uh, you know, uh, for the table, that any discipline that happened the first two matches carries over into group play. But uh, and then the, the first three matches, the group play matches, will count as like regular season stuff. So like if you you know accumulate five yellow cards in the first five matches of the season, you'll be suspended for the first regular season post MLS is back. Oh, nice game like That's that and nothing actually carry it's weird so, but and nothing carries over into the group or into the knockout stage that's all its own little thing then so so at least that's good for us because we still have very little depth at fullback um and except for like the like one guy that we got in like 35th round of yeah 
the draft this year. I don't even remember his name, but Ted. he's like our. Sure, sure, his name's Ted or something like that. It's probably Ted. Yeah. When, when Mark mentioned FIFA, I thought like the uh, first thing I thought it was like, wait, MLS teams are playing kickback. They're paying kickbacks to somebody. It's like, is that what we is like adopted group 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 play style? It's like, wow. I thought we didn't have any money. So well, there's always money for kickbacks. Um, yeah, it's just Tam. Yeah. So so Blackheart is going to be having something where um, every game you for um, uh, the tournament that you show up, you will get a kind of stamp uh, on this kind of card, and you can have uh, you can. Put it in on the the day of the final for um, uh, for raffle tickets, and there's going to be like uh, Minnesota United jerseys and um, gift cards and a couple other things that we will raffle off. So, and I I'm taking the kids and the family to Pennsylvania this weekend so that I can just have the month. I'll just have the month. I'll just be watching MLS all month uh, and. Building a cat door for my basement as well. This, I've got a few projects. So um, come watch Blackheart uh, MLS tournament because literally nothing else is going on. And you can go, I'll, I'll say this. Here's a secret. You can go to the uh, Blackheart ST, uh, STP.com in, in the shop. You can go buy one of the very rare uh, tickets for the first uh, watch party because uh, we're only... We're capping it at like forty-five percent or something like that. So we just have a few tickets. We're we're uh, uh, re- letting people reserve. All right, I want to take a break then and come back and we've got the Minnesota United Academy stuff. All right, back on the fifty-five-one podcast. Let's do this. This is um, the we saved it for the end because it's kind of not as fun. Um, Minnesota United this week uh, announced um, that they kind of uh, are basically they f- didn't fire all of the them. Some of them they furloughed, but they kind of basically mothballed their academy that is only just a few years old. Um, it, it's uh, I guess I'll, I'll take you th- through this. Kids kind of spent the spring without clarity on what would happen going forward. Um, I had spoken to a parent just like two weeks ago and they were like, yeah, they don't, we don't know if there's going to be an Academy anymore. There's all these tryouts that are just about to come up. So we need to know um, in the absence of that clarity, Minnesota United lost Patrick, Patrick Wea to um, uh, St. Louis university and other players going to other academies. The, then the team announced that they fired the Academy staff. Manny held a meeting with parents and players and, uh, they, from well, the accounts of people I've spoken to, they came away with basically very few or no answers. Would there be a team next year? Would uh, players be allowed to move to other academies? Um, and, and so there's kind of a lot of frustration there. Um, Rodrigo, you you also know know some some parents there, so maybe you can add a little bit more to the background here of just what what happened. I mean, from the beginning, like we all remember being at those early games at TCF and then like they're announcing the academy team and they brought them out by age group. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they, everybody was like, yeah, this is this is great. This is great. You know, this is what development's going to look like or what the, the, this is. This is the path 
to play him professionally at one point. And, you know, they were taken all the way from U13 to U17. And, um, you know, my, you know, and I, I, you know, it gave me an idea of a hope that there was something that was being done, but there were, but nobody was ever really upfront or transparent with what their plan was from the beginning. Like, and that was like, I think that concerned me from the beginning as well too, is like, there was no plan. Um, you know, like, for example, like I got an email where they were doing tryouts uh, for girls and we literally, literally considered taking Giselle to it because it was in the age group. But what ended up being is that if you get it, if you get selected, then you have to pay X amount of dollars to be able <laughs> to get extra training. And I'm like, why am I paying all this money for extra training when it's not leading to something else, right? right? And so I'm like, not playing and there's people paying, 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 yeah. People, there are people paying Minnesota United to get this training, right? And then granted, it's it's training, it's professional, and they're, you know, and they're getting all the amount, but there's also, but I just never felt that there was a transparency, what was a path? Like, this is what we're doing now. This is what we're doing now. There was nothing, I don't know if there was everything, anything delayed, delegated to, or uh, explain to parents as to what is what is a three year plan, what is a four year plan, what does it look like, right? Because every year it just seemed like this is what we're doing, you know, we're following the rules, uh, we're trying to get somewhere, but there was never really that open conversation. And and what's really disappointing about this whole thing is that families invested not only money but time, mm-hmm. and they dedicated themselves to believe in, in something that this club was putting together for the youth, uh, for development. And now that trust that was built is gone because yeah. there's no there's no transparency about it, right? Like Minnesota still holds the rights to a lot of these players. But when the when the news of the Acam- Academy came out and then they were telling that they were only going to pick the, keep the 15s and the 15 to the 17s, right? Then what happens to the 13s, right? Mm. They've been playing for two years. What happens to all the investment that they've done, right? Like, and the message was, was well, go, go play. It's okay to go play. Go, go back to play with your original clubs. Granted, that's... And hopefully that, we'll know something again next yeah, year. Yeah, and so. so like that, but that's not, that's that's not a solution. That's no. a, it's just, just, a, just a band-aid in a sense. And why would you and go it, back to it, Minnesota United after that? Once they, you know, yeah. what's... what's like once you've poisoned the well once and already this is not the first time professional soccer in Minnesota has attempted to go to, to build an academy because we have the M- Minnesota Thunder Academy that was by, you know, this is predates my time, but the launch of that upset lots of people in youth soccer. And what's to say now you're going to try it again for a third time. Um, and why, why would people trust you? Why, you know, if, if you're a parent and you're like talking to coaches, like, should, should I send my kid there? I mean, just about everyone would be like, no. I mean, who knows? Like, why would you trust these people? Yeah. And the thing too is right now is like a lot of these kids are, are going to like Kansas City to try out. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're going to establish academy programs. Right. Um, to try out. But that's where the conversation needs to happen. Like, is a club. Is the Minnesota United going to be able to release that rights? Does that mean, I mean, the bigger question for me, like not bigger question, but a question I have is just that if players go, if players who were an academy team go back to playing for the club team, if from there they go to a, a, a different academy team or, or if they get signed somewhere else, does that 
soccer club they came from, do they have any argument into uh, discovery rights, right? Or yeah. any of that stuff. And that, that's, I know that that is a problem of, you know, if you've got these kids who are looking at these other academies and the academies won't want to pick them up if they're not going to invest this time and money if Minnesota United will then hold the territorial rights. And it's really unclear right now. Um, so that's kind of, that's another thing of kind of poisoning the well. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of really frustrating parts about this. Um, you know, we've, we've known from the beginning, I've talked to Dr. Bill on this podcast about the Academy and we've known that he, he sees it losing a few million dollars a year and is like, why am I losing money on this? Okay. That's totally makes sense. I think anyone who's defending this on COVID stuff is just completely wrong. It's very obvious that this was going to happen no matter what. COVID is a, is a wonderful screen for it so that people can defend it. Um, and so my, my real frustration is that, okay, um, all owners, they, none of them want to lose money, whatever. Um, it, it's, it's the job of the leadership of the team to go to the, the money people and say like, all right, here's how, here's how this can happen. We have a vision for here's what a reserve team will do. Here's what an academy will do. Yes, it'll lose money here, but we'll be able to create Jackson Ewells and we won't have to spend uh, cap space on that so that we can build a better team and we can use our resources over here, X, Y, and Z, right? Those types of things. It also is uh, part of marketing, of being part out in the community. It also is just a good community thing to, to have out there. And I, I think that there's all these different things, but without a vision and there's no one at this club giving a vision. The um, Manny, Adrian, Chris Wright, as far as I can tell, like I've never read an interview where I, um, where you've seen any sort of a vision of how this pl club plans to succeed. And I think the thing too is that we've heard people from the from this club say we want to be able to prove that Minnesota has talent, right? And mm -hmm. the question then becomes like, well, then. How are you going to prove when relationships with what was considered your your pool of people that you were going to pull from? Like, mm -hmm. and that and that's the thing. It's like right now, I, I think a lot of parents who are involved, rightfully so, are are angry and disappointed that are they're not getting transparency about an issue. Um, and I think it's 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 it, it's important to pick out to talk about what is the what is the the youth developing look like in Minnesota, but not only that, you mentioned outreach and what has what has this club done to 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 outreach to local soccer communities or clubs or even high schools that isn't a PR moment, right? It isn't just a let's take a snap picture, let's go let's go play ball with a couple of the kids. When when is that moment of investment? Because the only way you you start creating trust is we start creating relationships. And we start creating relationships is by starting to showing up and engaging in certain things without having something in return for you. And I understand the business aspect of making money. I understand that aspect of it. But if you want to create something organic and something good, then you need to start with what is your game plan, not only in the money-wise game, but also what is it in the aspect of how you want to engage all these different entities that, that, that can benefit you, but you can also work with them to get to what you need. 
Yeah, I think additionally, like you can mothball this and say, all right, this isn't working. We need a better plan, but they don't have a plan. You know, it's very obvious in the the interview that Andy Greeter published or um, with with Manny that it's just it's not working. So we're just going to get rid of it. And then a year from now or something, we're going to have something new. Um, how, so like, why would why does anyone trust you to come up with a good plan here if you have already screwed it up? Like you already had a good chance. This was the re reboot, and you 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 done messed up, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, it no, was a generation. Like, and reading between the lines of all those interviews that Manny did, it sounded like that their plan is to wait and see what MLS makes them do and do the bare minimum, mm-hmm. which is, it sucks. It yeah. really sucks for the team. It sucks for the youth. It sucks for everybody involved where you're like, well, we're only going to put as much money into it as we're required to put into it. And that's it. And we're not going to put any more effort into it. And, you know, We'll talk big about wanting to develop players from Minnesota, but we in reality don't care. And we're just doing whatever is forced upon us, which is awful. You know, Patrick Mahoney, so we had a bunch of questions that, about, about this, and I think we've actually already hit kind of the, the points of them. But Patrick Mahoney um, says, like others, I'm worried about uh, the DA and where do we go now? Um, what about successful blueprints within MLS and abroad? Um he wants he wants something on Patrick Wea. I don't honestly don't know much about him, or especially the specific youth kids. Um, but I will say, in terms of uh, blueprints out there, you look at SKC and what they've done. Um, you know, the, their their uh, territory is not that much better than uh, Minnesota's. You look at uh, RSL and and what they've done. You know, are like the fact is Minnesota United is the only team shuttering its a- academy. So when people are kind of coming to it and being like, oh, well, it's business. It's like, well, it's like Stan fucking Cronkey is still uh, putting out money for this. The Stan Cronkey, like he, he, Stan Cronkey eats those sandwiches from the M- MLS and he's like, ooh, this tastes like money saving. He, he buys those for three bucks down at the come and go. Um, and he loves it. Uh, I, Which I is just, different from the pump and munch. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. Pump, pump and munch. munch pump and munch is where the uh, the um, uh, SKC ownership Rob Heineman goes. Um, he actually buys the the egg salad sandwiches that are there. Yeah, right. they're great. I mean, after, also, after you let them sit for three days, they they have a real. Yeah. And, and you look at other programs, like you look at what FC Dallas has done, right? Well, but it's not and, and, fair to say FC Dallas to because. Well, I mean, but it's still a program you can you you can you can you can look from and get and, and get information and be able to come up with an idea. You can't just look at SKC and say that's the model that we want to do. Like you have to be able to gauge whatever else is working out there and but see what's out there. I, I guess the the defense there is that FC Dallas and, and LA Galaxy and, and a couple of these teams have a player pool that Minnesota will never be able to replicate. Yeah. And that's why that's a lot of why they can be successful. But that, that, no, I think that's, that's valid. I think that's valid. But I also think so. At at the same time, I, I I've never seen any investment from this team in the aspect of of community outreach for that aspect of it. And, or and the thing is, in their youth, it's like Heath has always spoken very highly of SKC and like what they have done in terms of being a regional powerhouse and uh, what they've done with their their infrastructure, their training, their facilities, all that stuff. Why not extend that down to the academy side? And I don't, I don't know if it's, is it because 
they're in their fourth MLS season now, and it, it, it it's a money thing. It's purely a money thing, I think, at this point, where it's like it's not it's not COVID related. I, I think you're you absolutely right, Wes. Where it's they were going to do this anyway. COVID just accelerated it. Yeah, Christian Fitchett, who who's a parent of uh, one of the kids, um, and has been he's a dark cloud, been pretty upset. Um, said, "What do you think the SG's response regarding Minnesota United uh, uh, closing the academy um, should be?" Um, I had kind of tweeted out that you know I, I think that you should everyone should message their uh, if they're in supporters group, message the their leadership and tell them that that, that they do that. I mean, I, I think that they speak up. I think. Um, the there there's a, a sense from uh you know there's different attitudes for what um how supporters should be but um for me the idea of um of the most rabid fan base who um are, are involved with this team not because it's a, a a sports team but because it's part of the community because we think that soccer can be something bigger being silent on this kind of stuff is is kind of odd to me um uh, i i was hoping that more response would happen. Maybe it still will, but it sounds like there's not much energy from much of the leadership. Um, you know, Red Loons can put out a statement, but um, no one really listens to the Red Loons. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope that that something more comes because it, the idea that we kind of just like go, oh well, it's it's COVID time. It's times. It's like, well, why do we put so much energy into this this thing if if exactly. all we do is like, oh well. You know, they can't lose too much money. Like, no. Um, well, I want to just wrap up uh, on this, um, which is uh, something we missed in the NWSL section. Um, so go back to this, which is that um, the OL um, rain. Do we just call them the OL rain now that they rebranded? Or are they Olympic? I think so. Olympic Lyon uh, rain. Nobody calls them the Olympic Lyon rain, but that's uh, who they're uh, affiliated with. The OL works. Olympic Lyon. Um, so they they did a they put out a video that was this. Uh, um, uh, it's called a. What did you call it? I'm, I'm blanking on what you. Uh, it, it's you referred to as a, it. as a privilege walk. Privilege walk. I was going to say pride walk, and I was like, nope. It's just pride my brain's in pride <laughs> month. Sorry, privilege right, walk. Right. Yeah, no, you, totally. You totally yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a privilege walk. So pretty much what it contains, they put it on their Twitter account, and, and pretty much what it it, it consists of if is like. There's a list. Everybody stands in a line, and this happened on June 23rd. And uh, the players came together to demonstrate the impact the privilege has in and out of sports. So, ten statements were read, and if it applied to them, the players would take a step forward, right? So, uh, so some of those, you know, ended up being, you know, like, um, and and I, I I can't recall all the ten steps, but I remember like saying, like, for example, if you grew up in a household, you know, with like uh, two parents, right? Take a step forward. If you grew up, if you grew up with like you know, with 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 parents who went to to college, take a step forward, right? Did you know? And then these are all like questions. And then and if you watch the video, you see people taking steps and people who are uh, are not right. And the and the team building exercise. The point of this exercise is to get a glimpse and a glimpse and acknowledge what privilege is, right? Uh, privilege is not having to worry about certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Some of those things are innate. And I think that was a very powerful um, thing to do uh, because that leads into a lot of discussions of what is currently happening in, in, in our communities, right? Uh, 
So, yeah. so hats off to that. I think that was that was a great thing. If you haven't watched it, you go to the Oil Rain website. They have um probably like a, I think it's like a two mini video. You can look at it and then and then and then let us know how you th- what you think about it. So, well, um, uh, that's a, a much uh, better note to to finish on than than bitching about the academies. Um, Anyway, uh, Rodrigo, Corey, Mark, it's great to talk to you guys as always. Everyone else, um, we will see you soon or talk to you soon. Um, and uh, MLS tournament is back. So um, we'll have a, a, a couple things coming up next week, uh, I think, to get ready for the tournament. And uh, and otherwise, I'll, I hope to see people at Blackheart watching random ass MLS games at 8 a.m. All right. Are you going to bring the cats to the bar? Uh, no, but there's a cat running around the basement now. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll turn the recording off and show you. All right. Adios, guys. Thanks. Yeah, see ya. See ya.